Welcome here to SportsStats.ie. It's time for SportsStats Football, our weekly look at all the action regarding the big ball. I'm Darren Kelly and joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kendlin. Neve, we just have to take a deep breath there. So much to talk about. We'll try to keep it tight, but what a start to the championship year. Yeah, it really was, Darren. We had 12 nail-biting games over the weekend um, across all grades and they really were, um, you know, I suppose uh, some were... uh, you know some some surprising um, results, and uh, I suppose in 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 the senior championship, uh, where as as probably predicted in in as we predicted last week, all the games. But yeah, definitely some very exciting games and very interesting games. We have a lot to talk about as well. We're going to have the Longford senior football manager Brian Noonan with us in a while. That was the result of the weekend. If you haven't heard, they beat the raging hot favourites Westmead in the intermediate championship. Neve was there. We will talk about that later on. First, let's look at the other big story of the weekend, Neve, and we go to the junior championship first before we talk about senior. Derry hadn't won a championship match in three years, hadn't won a competitive match in two years, or hammered by Antrim in the Ulster final two weeks ago. And somehow they got a win, one seven to seven points, and a massive shock. Yeah, it really was a massive shock. And you know, I think we were all, um, you know, sort of taking taking the the the, the stall from the the Ulster final win and the, the big win Antrim had over them in the Ulster final, and saying that this would be, you know, sort of a, a clear run for Antrim to win it again. And you know, I suppose Derry maybe listening to all the the pundits and all saying that you know we're quietly working on on a, on a game plan, and the, certainly it was quite a defensive match. Um, you know, maybe you could say a typical Ulster football, but in fairness, Derry came to do a job and they did it very well. Um, as you said, the scoreline of one seven to seven points um, and a really great result for them and a great boost for Derry football. Trolls our predictions from last week. We voted Derry down as Team 5 in the Junior Football Championship. Well, they're in the mix now. They take on Limerick this weekend. Limerick losing to Wicklow by 113 to 1-6. Let's go to the Senior Championship, Neve, and listen, let's get it out of the way. Armagh against Monaghan, what happened? Um. Yeah. God. I. 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 don't know. Um. Darren. I suppose I. I did say last week that I felt Monaghan could be in in a wee bit of trouble. Um. With injuries wise, and you know, Kira Mc. Kira Um. Failed a late fitness test, so they were playing without her. I think there was. They were hopeful maybe that she might feature at some stage when she didn't. And you know, she is a big loss, and we've spoken about that before. Um. But yeah. It, God. Um. I mean, full credit to Armagh. They. They were very, very good. They played really well. Were um, three, five points up at half time. And in fairness to Monaghan, they they came back into it just after half time and scored a goal and a couple of points and got equal again. And then, God, I don't know what happened. I suppose the Armagh just lifted another gear and they scored like three goals in in three minutes. I think you know I've never seen three goals go in as quick. And the Monaghan heads went down very fast. And I think it was just you know it was a matter of just getting the game over as quick as possible. Can Monaghan recover? Um, it's going to be hard. It's it's such a short turnaround. They've only got the, you know, they had trained last night, and it is a really it's a, a small turnaround. It's the same for any any of the teams over the weekend that had narrow or big losses. Um, it is hard, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I suppose Kira McInnesby, you know, another week. I don't know if that's going to be enough time for it, for her to get back. Um, but it is. It's going to be very hard for for Monaghan lifted um against the Mayo side. I suppose I heard Kieran being interviewed, the manager Kieran Murphy during the week or. Sorry, after the game, and he did say it's it's a bit of a break for the team to not be playing an Ulster Ulster um, competition now. To, you know, to be playing a different team that's not an Ulster team. So maybe it'll be breath of fresh air to play a Mayo team. But I'll bet a Mayo team that's on a on a bit of a um a bit of a, a, a trend now after their win last week. 
Yeah, and I was at that game as well in Markovic Park on Saturday, Mayo against Cavan. Regarding Mayo, everything fell nicely for them. Um, Rachel Kearns with a goal uh, just before half time, giving a seven point advantage. They held that, but they brought back Sarah Rowe. They brought back Lisa Caffrey. Now, Caffrey, you know, Mayo still have a few players out injured as well. Always in control of the scoreboard for Cavan. First, I'll get your thoughts in a moment on the Neve. They looked structured very, very well. They got a couple of early points, but didn't get Mayo with that purple patch. They picked themselves back up. They got back into the game as well. Probably never looked like they were going to catch Mayo, but compared to the results in last year's championship against Cork and Kerry, certainly an improvement. And Jerry Moan was disappointed when I talked to him afterwards that he felt Mayo got away with being cynical at times. But he also admitted that's something they have to learn as well if they're going to make the step up and compete at senior level. Yeah, and, and that that is, you just said it there, like, I mean, you know, for, for teams that the teams like, you know, the Cavins and any of the teams playing Division Two League football to get up in the senior championship, you need to be, uh, you know, need to be up at that level and, you know, and, and be that, I suppose, that bit of cuteness that Mayo have and the Corks have and the, the Dublins have. So, yeah, but like in fairness, Cavan will take a great heart from it. And, you know, that goal, I suppose, that Rachel Kearns goals before halftime really probably was the difference that, you know, kept that, that kind of uh, arms length away from them the whole match, and uh, you know some good performances. Amy Rooney, um, Kingsford girl, came, you know scored six points for from mm-hmm. freezing. You know, she was like her very score well. taking was very very well. And Sinead Green, who's evergreen, Sinead Green that that's you know sort of pops up with a score every you know from the half back position and you know covered so much ground. Like, but Mayo will take great heart from it. You know, we, we we've talked at them different stages during the year of, of what their hopes are for the year, and you know he he got Sarah Rowe back in. Um, you know, as you said, a few injuries still, but you know, Sean uh, Sean Howley's free take was was brilliant. Grace Kelly, Sinead Clafferty, all these players, you know, and he got to use five subs, and I think he he will be very happy with with his result. Yeah, Shona Howley caught the eye as well. She did very, very well. But like regards Sarah Rowe and Lisa Caffrey too, they just slotted back in there as well. Neve Kelly was out with a concussion, so that's another player to come back and she might see game time this weekend as well. But the two favourites that we picked in this group are Ma and Mayo. Uh, even though we, we disagreed who was going to be first and second, they certainly established themselves as the two to beat and it's looking even stronger now that they are going to take those two quarterfinal spots. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. They, 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 they did exactly as the, as the, as we predicted, um, and both looked very good. You know, I suppose Armagh will look back on the Monaghan game at, at the bit of a purple patch they, let, they allowed Monaghan. You know, after half time, they allowed Monaghan get back into it and get equal. But you know, I suppose the fact that they could step it up another gear, I was really, really impressed by their half back line. Um, Eve Lavery scored one three from from half back from play. It was like excellent, um, and. McConville, um, Laura McConville was at centre back, was just involved in everything good that Arma, um, Arma did last last Saturday evening, and um, you know that that'll be a big boost to them um, going forward. Our man Kevin is the live game in TG Carr this Saturday, half five in St. Tiernix Park, Clonus. It's not one of our featured matches this week, but we will discuss, review the game in more depth on next week's show as well, because there's so much to go through. Cork against Mead. Mead will be kicking themselves in one way because there was chances here to really ask questions of Cork. Now, I don't, I, I promised myself one referee to, uh, conversation in every show from here on in. I thought John Devlin could have let the teams play a bit of football. He was happy to blow on three or four steps every time somebody did did it took a bit of momentum out but uh, Cork got away with one is probably unfair and Evie Fitzgerald and his team but Mead know they had chances to pull off a big result yeah and, and you said it there like you know it was a game with a lot of freeze and yet the scoreline doesn't really um, portray that you know a, a final score in 110 to 9 points you know 
you know, very sort of a low scoring game for the caliber of players of, of caliber of teams we had and how how um high scoring those teams can can um, the amount of scores they can create in, in any given match. But yeah, I Mead would definitely be be frustrated. But I you know, I suppose it just proved senior team uh, that bit of experience and Cork just showed all their experience at the end and you know got players behind the ball when Mead was really trying to break down the defence to try and score that last point or get an equalising point. They just couldn't do it, couldn't break through. And I mean, that showed, Cork showed all their experience and, and held on to the possession when they needed it. Yeah, like me there, had a couple of big chances in the first half as well. Now, as did Cork too, I'm not taking away from Cork, they left a couple of them behind as well. Uh, the goal uh, just before half time, Breed O'Sullivan, big big score in a low scoring match, as you mentioned as well. Second half, Hannah Looney received the sin bin for descent, but me didn't start to grow in confidence, got themselves back into the game as well. And as you said there, they got within one, uh, just could never really just get in level terms. And who knows what would have happened if they did. Yeah, that, that is the thing. And I mean, you know, um, you know, yeah, we have to remind ourselves that, you know, that Hannah Looney sin bin plus Orla Finn going off injured at the same time. And that was certainly a blow to, to Cork's um, score and exploits. But, you know, Emer Scally, um, you know, just that bit of experience, the Sullivan's Kira and, and Breed and, and Emer Scally and, you know, those players, just that wee bit of experience and, and you went to, you know, I suppose you went to hold up the ball and you went to, to, to sort of, you know, not hold it up if, if you like. And I just felt that that's where, you know, Emma Duggan and Neva Sullivan, these mead players we've talked about, that's just where the, the little bit of inexperience shone through. And, you know, the, the, like we've talked all year about mead's brilliant ability to attack at speed and, and come out of defence and, and you know, attack at speed and, and forward and kick him the ball. They weren't able to do that last week and, and they didn't get that free flow. And in any scores to God, it was, Stop, start, and maybe that's got down, got to the referee as well. But you know, just that didn't have that fluency that we've seen in Mead before, and and again, that's down to uh, Cork's bit of experience. Me doing well though they'll fancy themselves the next day against Tipperary we'll talk about Cork and Tipperary in a bit uh, first congratulations to me tomorrow Shockens he was the LGFA player of the month Orla Finn got the WGPA one last week and Neve uh, Peter O'Leary Cork PRO and a great friend of sports stance here when he uh, when we started off last year as well as decided to step down as Cork PRO a man was in Trojan work he won the volunteer award last year as well that's a big loss for Cork administration it really is, and I just I just read his his statement there this evening. Um, yeah, and Peter, a lovely guy. He was involved with uh, Cork under 14s two years ago, and I had the pleasure of sharing a sideline with him. And um, we played Cork in in a challenge, and a uh, great lad. You know, he's done so much for Cork, um, Cork ladies football, and and you know the PR end of it. And you know, it, it's 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 it is a sad day to see him stepping down for for personal reasons, but no doubt he won't be far away from supporting the. The team, I'm sure. I have no doubt he won't be far away in time to getting involved in some capacity as well. Also, just wanted to give a shout out to Claudia McManaman, who is the uh, new Mayo senior football captain, and she was on the third half with us this week, as well as Michael Moyles and Jerry Moan. I'll move on Dublin to Rome for a while. For a while, to Rome had us thinking. They really did, and I mean, if I was, you know, they really did, and I mean, looking at, you know, you're trying to. Think about what's the best way or what, what way you can sort of play, beat Dublin or a potential way of beating Dublin. And you're you're right, Tyrone for at, at for periods of the game looked or periods, I suppose early on in the game looked like they had, you know, sort of broke the broke the lock maybe in, in some ways. And their direct running and, and first time ball in, it definitely caused a little bit of um, hassle for the Dublin defence. And you know, that the brilliant goal that Chloe McCaffrey scored was a really, really good move, moved from midfield from the kick out and 
um, they, they definitely it's definitely um, raised eyebrows by half time when you seen the score. Yeah, Dublin found a way. Jennifer Dunn, can she do any wrong at all? She found Killeen one uh, two in the game as well. Dublin didn't start Lindsay Davy or Siobhan McGrath. Just see, we've talked about the riches they had before, but again, they found a way. I suppose the question I want to ask: Can other counties take something from Tyrone's performance to say, do you know what, we we can catch these these dubs? Yeah, well, I, I think as I said there, I think the direct first time fastball in is is definitely something that the the Dublin defence can struggle can struggle with. And we, we probably saw it in, in periods last year against Armagh where the direct ball into Amy Mackin caused them a bit of trouble. So it certainly I, I think that like they're they're so um, they're so well managed at this stage and so well tuned in that if you slow down the attack or slow down your build up um, they will get bodies back. And I think Tyrone proved that if you do it faster, you know, you'll definitely find um, chinks in the armour. But, you know, it, it, it was all, be, albeit it was only for a short time and, and you know, when they, they stepped it up another gear and you suppose you could look at it, maybe they take it, took Tyrone for granted slightly and when they realised that a game on hand, they just stepped it up another gear and, and another gear and finished out big winners. We're encouraging everyone to take on Dublin. That's what we want. I think that's what Dublin want to take, take the ball and we'll see what challenges come ahead. Nee, we'll talk for a couple of minutes in the live match in TG Car Friday night before we move on. Galway against Kerry. I'll give you my assessment in this first, uh, based on what I watched and as the game progressed. Two teams lacking in confidence, played like that in the early stages. Uh, certainly one of them will have grown in confidence based on the fact that they got the results while the other will be kicking themselves the chances they threw away during their purple patches. Yeah, very good assessment, Darren. Um, yeah, both teams, I suppose we, we did say it was going to be, you know, in, in predictions last week, we were saying both teams, you know, obviously both teams needed to win it, but we weren't sure what where they're at. And, you know, the, you know, I suppose Galway had a poor enough league campaign and Kerry poor performance in Crow Park. So both teams had a, had a bit of long, long talking to themselves in the build up to this game. And, you know, and, and in fairness to Kerry, they came out of the blocks, the, the, the stronger at the start. But um, I suppose you always felt that Galway had, were going to have that purple patch and, the, and they did. And I, I'd say the only thing I'd say about Galway, they got the result they wanted, but Galway would be disappointed again at letting Kerry back into it again, you know, towards the end and letting Kerry back in and almost, you know, it was so close to going maybe to extra time or, or throwing it away altogether. So um, Jerry Fahey, the, the Galway manager, will have, I know during the week he talked about how he was proud of the players for, you know, for stepping up and and, and not, you know, being, uh, having the confidence to, to to keep in the game. But I'm sure he left a lot of um, questions to ask too as to why they let Kerry back into the game and in the dying minutes. Being a Galway man, and sometimes it's like being harder on your own children as such, like, you know, but for years watching Galway, the talent that they're producing, and they play this tippy-tappy football uh, when they get into attack, trying to find the perfect player to give it to and all that. And they did that for the first 10 minutes against Kerry. And then suddenly they said, enough's enough. Louise Ward went forward, Megan Glynn attacked, Olivia Dively came out, they played a bit more direct to Kerry. And they started, yes, they were behind for a while, but they started reaping some dividends. Yeah, and that's that's back when we just spoke about there. Like, I mean, that kind of direct running and direct first time ball and, and running off the shoulder. You know, no team in the country can contend with that. And you know, and they have the players that can do that. They have the fast running players, and you know, the the, the players that are very silky and can, can take scores. And you know, big boost. Roshi Leonard coming back from from you know first game back this year and big boost to them. So you know, if they can if they can sort of bottle that kind of when they played those good passes to play and get that for a full hour, they they they, they have the potential to be a, you know, a definitely contenders. But 
you know, just that the fear I have for them is that, you know, the, the, the same in the league, there were five, six points up against Mayo and let Mayo right back into it and lost the game by a point. So, I mean, if that game, only for probably the clock, if that game had gone on a wee bit longer, Kerry could have beaten them. Anytime a team loses by a point as a what if, and as you're saying there, Kerry can nearly come back and got something out of the game because, like, especially in the first quarter before the water break, they still only led by, I think it was one, two to two points. And Louise de Merherty was just fabulous to watch on the ball, but then ended up some moves with a disappointing shot. And a few other Kerry players had some poor wides during that period as well. That, you know, if Kerry can just get that bit ruthless, like you'd expect from their male counterparts. Like, dare I say it, you couldn't rule them out of the championship, but they can't afford to be wasting opportunities when they arise. Yeah, and again, that that's, I suppose, you know, that's the question we have to ask of Kerry. Like, can they, you know, we, we haven't seen a complete performance from them, I suppose, in, in 2021. We might have seen in the early part of 2020, um, pre, pre-COVID, but... Um, you know, we haven't seen that complete performance from them. And, you know, we have, you, you said it there, you probably have some of the most stylish players in the country, you know, in Louise and, and in, in Hanno Donoghue, you know, the, the, the skill levels they have. But if they're not doing it for the error and they're not getting, you know, if, if the final pass is the wrong one or they're dropping into the keeper's hands and all that stuff, that just builds the confidence of other teams and it just puts the heads down. And I think you can visibly see that in Kerry at times. You know, that you can see that when something goes wrong or, you know, it's all the whole team, all the heads go down. And it might take, you know, they probably lack those maybe a few leaders. We talked about Cork maybe not having leaders. We they certainly lack leaders in Crow Park um, in the league final. And, you know, they, they had them in at times last week, but not enough and not an, an enough enough of them. I might be hard on uh, Daryl Long and Declan Quill because like after obviously the heavy defeat to Mead in the uh, league final had to be taken into account but you just wonder if they 100% know their, their best attack as well like Anna Galvin not starting at all was surprised I thought she got involved when she came on as well they took a big gamble bringing Hannah O'Donoghue on I don't know why they took off Emma Deneen who I thought was having a good game myself uh, you know and maybe they, they need to kind of say right which is our best team because if they're going to get this two point victory against Donegal you know they, they have to get these decisions spot yeah, and that is, you know, they've been, you know, I think at this stage, a lot of, like, with the exception of probably of Mick Bowen, I think at this stage, you know, a lot of counties should have have decided on that. You know, I keep saying that the league was unlimited subs. So you should have been, have nailed down at least close to your 17 starting, like, you know, very close to the sort of, if you have maybe one or two positions, you might be sure, but you should be definitely close to that. And yeah, that's probably been, you know, a funny thing. You could say it's a luxury that they have all these options. I think the only team that can say it's a luxury is Dublin because, you know, but I think there's other teams that nearly need to, and these players need to be playing beside each other and know what they're doing week in, week out. And if they're not, you know, it's a, it's a short championship. Like, I mean, as you said it there, if they don't get their results um, against Donegal, it's lights out for Kerry. Like. Big Bowen's tough job is picking his best 30. He doesn't need to pick his best 15 with the talent <laughs> that he has there. We'll talk more about Kerry next week. We'll talk more about Galway later on. I want to move it on. And of course, we have to talk about the TG Car All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. Neve, any other week, Leitrim beating for Manor will be a talking point down. An awfully game to talk about. Kildare Roscommon, the group of debt Wexford, who we completely threw out of the championship last week, hammer Sligo, but there's only one game we're going talking about for the next couple of minutes. And you can tell us about it. You were there. Longford, we we pretty much gave the Mary Quinn Cup to Westmead last week. And then Longford come and say, hold my beer. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was I was privileged enough to be at it. Um, and it really was, a, you know, it really was a great game. 
Um, and not just because it went to extra time. You know, it, in fairness to Longford, and you said it there, we, we you know, all pundits would have wrote, written them off. They were beaten, I think, by Westmead by 20 points last year. Um, and, you know, down into the home of, of, of Westmead Football, Cusick Park. And, you know, I actually was, as a team steward, I was dealing with Longford and they were very clued in from from early on and, and really hit the ground running and had, you know, seemed to have no fear. They were up for, you know, they felt that they could, if they put in performance, they were well in it. Um, and they really did. And it was, uh, um, you know, played in poor enough conditions in the sense that it was a horrible all day, a lot of rain and left the surface very, very greasy. So it left a lot of, um, you know, sort of slipping and sliding and stuff. And, and you know, it, I suppose the referee had a, had a tough job in trying to keep uh, keep his hand on it. But, um, yeah, very, very. And, I mean, Longford, full full credit for the win and, and very deserving of it. And, you know, in, even when, you know, it, it took a goal from Sarah Dillon in the last kick of the game to put it to extra time. Um, and, you know, Longford were very deserving an extra time, had their homework done, went three points up and were very composed and keeping on to the ball. They weren't going to let it slip again and very deserving of the win. Now, I'm not a fan of this extra time in group games. I understand the world we're living in at the moment, why it's brought in, but I think it's a testament to Longford's character because, as you mentioned there as well, Westmead came back, I think, from seven behind Sarah Dillon and that goal. Longford had the force to do extra time and then they had the composure to get the job done. It was like they beat Westmead twice and certainly, um, and you tipped them, you fancied them last week to have a good championship, but they certainly are running, looking good for a good championship if they can go over Wexford next week. Yeah, and like they were very, as I spoke to you earlier, I was saying I spoke to a few stalwart Longford players, uh, Michelle Hannafy and Mary Kearns, and, you know, they were, I spoke to them before the game and they felt that it was a young side, but they, they really could, you know, really, really could put it up to Westmead. And I mean, there's such really great performance. Leanne Keegan, a fullback, was phenomenal. She was everywhere and bursting out of defence and, and winning the ball. Emer Heaney, they took on a sub um, Shannon, Lauren Maguire from Carrick Edmund and scored two late points in, in extra time. You know. So I, you know, what, what, you know, we talked about Mick Bowen's bench, you know, these young girls that maybe unknowns came on and in a game that was in the balance and had st- stepped up and took scores when, when they needed them. And, you know, it, the, the, he used the bench, he reused five more subs again in extra time. Both teams did. Um, five more subs and at one stage near the end there was a lot of cramping as you can imagine and there was girls cramping and I mean one girl actually with her leg cramping was still she couldn't come off because the subs were all used and she was willing to to stay on and, and help the cause and, and hold on to, to the victory. And it's about the TG Carroll Ireland Intermediate Championship suddenly really, really interesting and there's going to be so many more twists and tails over the next couple of weeks. Let's hear from the Longford manager after that result. Brian Noonan joined us during the week and I got a chance to talk to him. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. Now I'm delighted to be joined by the Longford Senior Football Manager, Brian Noonan. And Brian, I know it's first day of the championship. I know no trophies were handed out, but a massive result for Longford football, beating the All-Ireland Championship favourites Westmead. Yeah, look, it was. It was a great result. Um, we're absolutely delighted with it. It's a great start to the championship. Um, but as you said, no trophies are handed out and we have a long way to go. Setting out, heading from Ullingar last Sunday, our target was to come out of the group. And, you know, it was all about going up to Westmead and putting in a big performance and just take it from there. So, yeah, delighted to get the result. But, you know, we're going to need at least one more win if we're going to get ourselves out of what's a really tough group. I know you're saying there you're going to look for a performance. I'm going to just ask a question as well. Did you really believe that your team had a chance of winning this game? I know you were definitely going to get 
give them a match, local rivals and all that. But did you feel deep down that if they performed, they could deliver this big result? Well, we were quite happy with where we were, the direction we were moving in, even from our league campaign. Like some would have seen it as disappointing. We were quite happy with it beating a very good Wicklow team the first day out. Now, we were disappointed with our performance against Leash. But then the next day, we were, we were quite unlucky against Kildare, lost out by a point, and they went on to the league final. And, you know, the trend had been going well. We were playing quite well in challenge games. Um, and we just felt there was definitely a performance coming. I suppose it was it was hard to nearly dare to, to dream that you could turn them over um, on their own home patch. As you said, beating all Ireland finalists last year, and I suppose not for suffered a heavy defeat against them last year in the championship. So, in that regard, we kind of told, told the girls that the pressure was off us completely. Even local media, I think, it was being called mission impossible. So there really was no pressure on us whatsoever. It was a shot to nothing. Um, but we did feel if we performed to the level we felt we could get to, that we were in with a very good chance. Yeah. Bookies odds for Westmead raging hot favourites for the championship were destroyed in five seconds after the before as the Mission Impossible, as you mentioned. I met you the game of week though in the league, and I, what I liked about that day is you're putting the structures in place to allow Longford to compete. And I suppose, well, Brian, it's not just that you've beaten Westmead on the weekend that football was allegedly coming home before going somewhere else. It reminded me a bit of 1966 when Alf Ramsey said you've beaten them once, go out and beat them twice. Because I've no doubt when the game finished level, you must have been really disheartened that you had the job done in 60 minutes we were to be honest because just thinking back on it and looking back on it with the 20 minutes of the second half played we had gone seven points up um, and that's certainly the aspect of the performance that we'd be most disappointed with that we did let them come back at us but then again the experience they've had over the years and playing Division 1 football we knew they were going to come at us they came at Tipperary when Tipperary got ahead of them in the relegation playoff they came at them and turned them over and kicked on and won that game by five or six points in the end to consolidate their Division 1 status so we knew that there was sort of um, an on-stock coming and we were a little bit disappointed that we didn't manage it better but I suppose maybe that's the lack of experience of kind of playing in those kind of high-charge games um, being so competitive in them I suppose compared to last year but the fact that um, we came out the right side of it after extra time was great and hopefully we can learn from it for going forward and that we don't let something like that happen again. He led 3-6 to 1-5 at that stage when Westmead started their comeback. Sarah Dillon with the late goal as well. Like again, talking with his heart and dejected, how did it take much work at that break before extra time to lift the players to make them believe again that they could still get the job done? I suppose at first there was a bit of confusion about the fact that there was extra time but once we kind of got our heads around the fact that it was going to be played I think the girls just motivated themselves they knew that they had probably left it behind them in ordinary time they had felt that they had nearly probably done enough to win it and were disappointed with the last 10 minutes but having put in such hard work to that point I think they had the belief at that stage that they could they could still pull it off in extra time so no I think the motivation came from the girls themselves that they weren't going to leave it behind them once they got another shot at it I think that's the ultimate thing about this Longford performance as well is that they did step up in extra time as well because we've seen so many examples in history where the underdogs, the challenges faded but she didn't. He outscored Westmead four points to one in that period. Laura Maguire with those two big points. Emer Heaney, Quiva Lohan as well and Longford made sure that they left Mullingar with a victory that nobody saw coming outside the county and probably outside your group. Yeah, and I think our bench was instrumental in that. Um, I think over the course of the game, we introduced, I think, nine subs um, and each and every one of them came on and played a role. Lauren came in and scored two. Quiva came in and scored a point. But all over the field, the subs that were introduced when other girls were tiring um, made massive, massive impacts. Um, the fresh legs just really kind of drove at Westmead and kind of got us over the line, yeah. 
And of course, there's a performance all about character. I know I've touched on that already because, of course, even going back to that normal time and Sarah Dillon coming back with the late goal for Westmead, he still had to make sure that he got those extra 20 minutes. Aoife Darcy was uh, the score at the end of normal time. Yeah, Aoife showed incredible character because it was a very difficult free, um, probably tight enough angle and highly pressurised, obviously. Um, but that's what we really loved about it. When Sarah scored the goal for Westmead, um, we won the kick out, we went up the field, we, we drew the free and um, Aoife stepped up and put it over the bar. She had full belief in herself and that's just brilliant. It, it showed the character of her and it showed the character of the whole team that we were able to respond and we almost actually got the winner then after that. Um, Lauren dropped the ball just just inches short into the keeper's hands from distance, which could have actually got us over the line in ordinary time. It was a nail-biting, thrilling conclusion as well. We have to talk about your goal scorers, Sarah Shannon and Louise Monaghan, both on target in the um, registered 60 minutes. Michelle Farrell as well got a goal, but she had an injury there, didn't take part in extra time. Would she be okay for next week? Uh, Michelle will be touching go I'd say she did damage to her elbow so um, we'll just have to see how things go over the next week this week might may come too early for her but um, we'll be hoping that she'll be available but it's 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 going to be tricky for her to get back so quickly um, it was a nasty injury just at the end of ordinary time but yeah no all the goals were really well taken we were delighted with them and I suppose they gave us particularly Sarah's goal early on that gave us kind of the platform to build off and the belief to kick on Brian, just before we touch on the Wexford game next week, what does this result mean for this Longford team and the work that you're putting in with this squad as well? You mentioned earlier on that like they took a big beating to Westmead last year. Nobody would have been talking about Longford as potential championship contenders. They're certainly in the conversation now in some capacity, but in regards to developing football and boosting the game of the county overall. Yeah, it certainly gives a huge boost. And I suppose Ballymore recently won the Leinster Junior Club final from the 2020 final, and that had certainly got people talking. And this result has got people talking and we have great belief within our own group but the massive thing now at this stage is to kind of stay grounded manage expectation it is only one result you know we probably there was an element of catching Westmead on the hop particularly there had to be an element of complacency from them after last year's result regardless of whether they tried to try to um, stay focused there had to be probably some element of complacency so we just have to be very careful because we've two really tough games coming up um, to get out of the group and you know beating Westmead in the first round and not coming out of your group we'd see that as a failure this year so we just we just have to really make sure now that we we stay focused and um, try and get the job done that's a very valid point and even more important now because as you just mentioned there you're in the four team group and you're going up against Wexford uh, another team that was probably getting written off after their disastrous league let's call it what it was but they've they bounced back they had a big win against Sligo at the weekend and they're going to be coming to play next Sunday as well to take on yourselves full of confidence that they can get through to the knockout stages yeah, like the more than Westmead playing Division 1 football. Wexford are one of only two teams who are playing Division 2 football this year. And I suppose the first game they played in the league was against Clare and they were highly competitive in that. There was very little between the sides and I suppose that was the other intermediate team within their group. Um, they took a couple of heavy beatings from some of the senior teams, but I think there's been a change of management down there and um, that was a massive result against Sligo at the weekend. Um, 4-13 to 1-10, I think it was. Um, just from having a quick look at it, you know, they played, played serious football at times, very strong, powerful, athletic looking teams. So we're under no illusions whatsoever of the, the size of the task at hand. What would you be expecting? We know they can score based on what they put in against Sligo, but what are you expecting from Wexford? Or will you focus on uh, on your own positives to improve in your own game and maintaining your structure? 
yeah, we have to keep it about ourselves. And like that, you know, we we had had a look at Westmead and kind of identified their strengths and tried to trying to find any weaknesses that we possibly could. But likewise, we'll have a look at Wexford, but we have to kind of stay focused on ourselves because we know that we're capable of big performances. Um, and if we if we can match the level of performance from Sunday, um, it's going to have us close to any team. But if our own performance level drops off, we're in trouble. And that's what happened in the league after beating Wicklow the first day. Our performance level dropped off significantly against what was a very, very strong leash team. But uh, we were quite disappointed with our own performance that day. So we just we need to keep keep turning in consistent performances now. I like listening sports dads because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. That was the Longford senior football manager, Brian Noonan, after that big victory against Westmead. And as mentioned, don't forget the third half as well. I mentioned Oren McNeely from Derry was on it. We also have reaction from Mayo against Cavan and Kildare against Roscommon. Kildare beating Roscommon by 111 to 17. It's time to move forward, Neve, and we'll tear straight into a three games we picked out. Galway, Donegal. I don't think we could really ignore this game. Um, Galway after the victory. Donegal, of course, the team that could challenge Dublin Cork. Donegal were big winners in the league. Galway have a game under their belt. Yes, Donegal has an Ulster Championship too. What way do you see this going? Yeah, this this is going to be, a, you know, I suppose it's an intro. It's always, um, you know, it's close games between them um, generally in, when it comes to challenge, very little between the two teams and probably very similar kind of teams. Um, you know, both have, have great sets of forwards and it's, it's it's really going to be a hard one to call, to be honest. Um, I, I probably the fact Galway had that win the other night, it certainly will will line them up. Um, for you know, have a bit of confidence going into the game, which is something we you know Galway need to have, um, and should have. And um, it's going to be a tough one for Donegal. Donegal, I'm just looking at the team that played against uh, Galway actually from the league earlier on. Like even McCulgan's had a great season in goal so far. There's good, strong names in defence, including Evelyn McGinley, who was on the LGFA Division One team of the league. We know about their attack: Karen Guthrie, Geraldine McLaughlin in particular, but throw in Neve Hegarty, throw in Neve McLaughlin into the mix as well. Where do Donegal really need to improve, not just to get the the result that we predicted last week against Galway and against Kerry next week, but to really step up and take on Cork and Dublin. Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, the, the key area is probably, it's going to be midfield, you know what I mean? I think it's it's a vital area. I mean, I know um, with Louise Ward um, and uh, Siobhan Dively, I think it's probably be midfield for, for Galway. You know, Katie Heron is going to, be, it's going to be a big stop. I think it's going to be a, a really an area that, that that's going to probably predict the game, which way it's going to go. It's going to be a key area. Half-back line um, on both sides are going to be key. Like Nicola Ward for Galway was always, you know, attacking forward. Then you have um, Nicole McLaughlin and, and different players from from, Dun- from Donegal. But I think, yeah, midfield's going to be the key area. Um, and if they, if, if Donegal can win and get enough, enough ball into that lethal full forward line, they can definitely do damage. That's the challenge for Galway as impressive the way they turned the game around, especially in attack. And of course, Louise Ward, it's hard to tell if she's 100% fitness. They still, as we touched on earlier on, give Kerry lots of chances that Kerry didn't take. And, you know, Chara Cooney coming back into the team, I think is important as well. But she did play that game against Donegal in the league. And we know what Donegal did that day as well. So from what you saw the Galway defence Friday night, how can Galway make sure that they're not going to suffer another big hiding? Yeah, well, that that is the key thing. I suppose they they they're inclined at sometimes to play to play a sweeper role, and I mean, um, I don't know who who they might line up to do that job, but I mean, I, I think they might have to do a sweeper role because if you leave it one on one with the likes of Jeremy McLaughlin and Karen Guthrie, they'll they'll score all day, and if they get, as you said, half the chances and half the opportunities that Kerry got last week, 
you know, the, the game could be dead and buried by half time. You know, so they'll probably have to. The, the Jerry Fahey will, I'm sure, is going to be working on this week. I know it's not something that many ladies football teams do, but I think it's something that they may have to do to to try and sort of cur- curtail that um, Donegal attack. And those matchups as well, especially the Donegal attack against uh, the Galway defence. Like certainly Lynchy, we know she's well capable of doing that in defence, but Galway have to find someone else as well because it, like Karen and Geraldine in particular, let alone the Neves that we've discussed, they just need one moment and all of a sudden this game could be over. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're, Donegal's a side like that, you know, you've got Karen Guthrie that can score points from distance, but they're also like, Geraldine McLaughlin is probably, you know, a real goal poacher. And I mean, if they can get goals and it's such a sucker punch for any team to you know, maybe defend the game for so long and then, you know, let them. And, and all all Jerry needs is just a sight of goal and she, she'll she take it. And that that just swings the game on the balance then. So I suppose um, Galway will have to be, it's back to the thing, like, you know, if you can put pressure on the ball coming into them and we make sure it's a bad ball, you might have an opportunity. But that's that's up to the, you know, suppose the Galway forwards to, to work off the ball and the, and the Galway um, midfield. And finally, on this one as well, we should give a shout out to Megan Glenn, who was player of the match against Kerry too. Her battle with Nicole McLaughlin, if it pans out that way, will be a very, very uh, intriguing contest. Yeah, and I suppose that's that's the thing. Like you know, Megan Glenn, you know, and, and this is this is probably the something that happens in games at times. If you have a a really good centre half forward and you know you have a centre back, a centre half back that likes to attack, you have this thing where you know who's Mark and who kind of thing. Um, so you know the last thing you want to do, I'm sure. Uh, Megan Glynn doesn't want to have a situation where she's having the track horse. She wants the role reverse where she's on the front foot all the time and, and that, that goal will have enough possession that she's going forward and not having the track, um, not having the track, Nicole. Are we sticking with Donegal like last week to get the job done? Yes, I am. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm not going to say extra time, very little in it, but I think Donegal will have, have the extra. Donegal get the nod in the first of our featured games in the TG Carroll Ireland Senior Championship. Markovic Park, Sligo, four o'clock on Saturday. We'll move on to Dublin against Waterford. We didn't talk about the All-Ireland Champions much detail last week. Admittedly, we don't know much about Waterford, even though we followed them in the league as well. We know that Waterford are certainly going to come and give everything they can, like they did against Cork in the league. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've talked Waterford, you know, you said it, they've been quiet enough, played Dublin in the Championship last year, um, Seven, lost it's by four points, one, 17 points to 110. Uh, played them in the league, okay, a bit, bit of a difference gap, but still scored 211 against Dublin in the league to, to Dublin 615. So, um, you know, I, when you look at that score, that's a lot. But you say, you kind of look at the side, what Waterford have, have scored against them, 211. So Waterford are, are definitely going to have, I, I actually think at this stage, Waterford relish the chance to play Dublin. I don't think they fear them that much. Um, maybe fear is probably the wrong word, but I really don't think they, I think they relish the chance and they really relish the opportunity to get a uh, get a, a chance to play Dublin at this stage in the competition. Looking at the Waterford team that played that game against Cork as well, and they really, really like the great thing about Waterford is that they're they're playing with a belief. They just need that big result. They did be Tipperary in the league, but you have Quiva McGram, Raid Wall at the centre of the defence as well. Their work will be cut out regardless who Dublin put there as well. Karen McGran, Chloe Fennell in midfield. Can they compete with Donna McGee? This is the thing, like, and I suppose that's the only. You know, when we talk about matchups, we've no idea what kind of a team Mick will put out. So you're the only two players in Hannah Tyrrell, maybe, that we know where they're going to play yeah, for Dublin. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, we can look at, you know, um, even if you said McGee, but she could easily be half back either. So you just really don't know. But probably Jennifer Dunn is probably the only player we can say for without certain that she's going to be um, at, at midfield. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about her at different stages during the year, her direct run, and she, she did a, 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 a um, 
one of our trademark goals last week again, you know, straight through the defence and well set up by Siobhan Colleen. Yeah, it, it's going to be a big ask, to be honest, for Chloe and and um, and uh, Kevin McGrath. It's going to be a big ask for them. But, you know, again, if they could get, a, you know, to win a, an amount of ball, a certain amount of ball and, and let it in fast, you know, with the the, the Murray girls inside and, and um, Aileen Wall and players like that, you'd never know what could happen. Despite the abundance of riches that Dublin have, I'm just looking at the defence the last day against Tyrone. It looks completely different to the defence that plays against Cork. And we've complimented Dublin's defence before. The players obviously know their roles regardless of the position. Could that catch up with Dublin down the line? Or is that actually achieving the goal of confusing attacks because they don't know if it's going to be a Marta Byrne or an Eve Collins or a Siobhan McGrath or an Alwyn Carey or who is actually going to be the person picking you up? Yeah, that that that's probably it's probably the, the worst part of of analyzing for any team. Like, I mean, you know, you've all these people, the statisticians now that's you know analyzing videos and analyzing past videos on on teams, and you know that's probably the worst part of playing Dublin because you really don't know what what who you're going to be marking on or, or what kind of a, a, a what kind of a game to play against them. But I think if if there's anything we've learned from last weekend from Tyrone's, I suppose, fifteen minutes of of competing with them is that the direct fastball in. And I think, you know, that's that's something that, you know, no matter what players are in defence, I think they'll struggle with it if, it if it comes in fast enough to them. Sorry, I put my mic up there for a second. But that's what Waterford need now. They have to approach this championship, uh, including the game against Tyrone the following week, with the same manner they um, approach the league. Because I felt myself last year, and we said it too, that they gave everything to the Dublin match and on another day they could have got a result but then just I know granted it was maybe a dead rubber but you can't fold your tent up and that's what they did against Donegal last year Yeah and that's the thing like they probably did put a lot into that game and you know we, we've said before they, they, they weren't far away but they need to I suppose it's probably if you want to be it's probably the best way the game worked out for Waterford I think you know getting Dublin now and then having Tyrone after that so it's probably a good way for them to set themselves up um, you know, get a good run out and good a good performance. I think that's the key thing that Waterford are looking for. Maybe Waterford management are looking at a win, but I personally a good performance. You know that they've worked on some on on some good game plans and and some some stuff that definitely worked well for them. And bring it brings them into the throne game the following week. Waterford certainly. We hope to give Dublin a big game as well. Um, Dublin look have been setting the the bar, and we'll be talking about them no doubt. Plenty more in the championship as well. I'm assuming you're going to go for a Dublin win. Um, the question is, uh, Waterford, can, how close can they get? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that I, I actually think it's going to be a game that, I, I, I do think it's going to be a Dublin win, but I think it's going to be more, you know, Dublin's bench to win it effectively. I think, you know, the team that goes out at the start, I think Waterford will actually compete fairly well with them for maybe long enough periods of the game. But I think it's just going to be the, the just the players that Dublin have on the bench, whatever ones that it will be, any, mini, miny, mo, and whatever <laughs> one comes out, and it'll be you know it'll be them that'll come in and, and just have those fresh legs. When and it must be such a sickness for any team, you know, to compete forever length and then have these players that can come on and you know you imagine any um, cornerback Mark Sinead Hearn for uh, for forty minutes and then she goes off and you know Carla Rowe um, comes on, Carla Rowe comes on or <laughs> someone like that, you know and. Or, you know, Mark's Neve Hedderson and, and Neve McAvoy comes on or something, you know. So it's just it's it, it is it's just the, the caliber of players. And I mean, geez, if, if Mick's only headache is trying to pick players, you know, God love him. <laughs> but at the same time, um, 
you know, that's the killing it. So I, I really don't think it's going to be, you know, as I said, last year was it was, what, four points, you know, and I don't think it's going to be like the league, you know, 6.15 to 2.11. I don't think it's going to be as far away from that. Um, but definitely, like, I mean, you know, it, showing on that, Waterford can definitely get scores against them and they're, they're capable of, of creating score, goal chances. Be interesting to see if Waterford can do like Tyrone did and get in front at the start. Before we move on, Sinead Goldrick, now she didn't play, but she was back at the bench. Great news for football fans, full stop. Yeah, all great news. And I mean, you know, no one, you know, no team or no no one in the country wants to see that some of the best players, um, you know, injured or on the bench. And, you know, Sinead obviously picked an injury up in, in over in Australia. And, you know, I don't, don't know what her plans are to go back or not there, um, next year, but definitely great to see her back on the on the Dublin bench and a great boost to the <laughs> the, the evergreen bench that they have, um, a great boost to it too. Dublin against Waterford on Saturday at two o'clock as well. All the fixtures will be up on sportsdas.ie. Talking about Australia, let's go to Cork and Tipperary. That's in Sean Tracy Park on Saturday off the top of my head. Ashley McCarthy, she picked up an injury in Australia. We know she's back in Ireland. We don't know if she'd be back playing in time, but certainly if she's in any way fit, Tipperary will love to have her. Yeah, God, she'd be she'd be a great boost to be back and um, to have her back, you know, obviously with their with their own with their injury worries that they have already. Um, she would be a, certainly a big boost, but I, you know, unfortunately, like I suppose we 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 written Tipperary off last week and <laughs> probably written them off in the league as well. Unfortunately, they had just a really bad year, and you know, teams go through that transition, and you know, and they're currently in it. And I suppose I just feel that you know, I think we both feel that Cork will have too much of them next week. Can Tipperary take something from Cork's performance last week? Like we talked about the stop-start nature of it, but it was still a low-scoring game and much lower than we would have expected from Cork. Like Ashley Maloney out of the equation as well. But what can Tipperary take out of what they saw to give them belief that they can do something here? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I suppose um, the chances that that Mead created, like, I mean, we, we didn't even mention that Mead scored a goal and was disallowed. Like, so there was chances created um, and plenty of them by Mead Um Last week, as well, I think. Yeah, it's right, and th- it didn't work out for them, and they, they didn't get those scores. I suppose Tipperary will see that there, there is. I'm not going to say holes, but there is options there to to get in and get scores, and it it's going to be really hard for them. I just feel like you know, I think they're a few years away. You know, the, the young teams coming on that's not too bad, 16 and 17 year olds, but it, they're a few years away from that. It's just a big step up, and you know that's the problem. Any team's going through transition, like. When you've the bigger, bigger and stronger senior players, you know, for whatever reason, whether retire or, or injured, it's an awful step up for, you know, 17, 18, 19 year olds for the first time playing Tipperary, you know, playing against the likes of Cork. So it is, it's too, it's a step too far for them at the moment. They're going to depend on their big names, likes of Orlo Dwyer and Roisin Howard, who we've often mentioned before, Lauren Fitzpatrick in goal, Emma Cronin, who was in Sports Dad's Team of the Year last year as well. Speaking of Orlo Dwyer, of course, she'd be more likely around the midfield battle. Tipperary can gain some hay here, but of course, it's using it elsewhere is the, is the, is the issue. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and I mean, I suppose, like, you know, for Tipperary, they'll, they'll you know, I suppose they'll, they'll try every player will, you know, whoever they're lined up against will try and get, you know, win their personal battles and win their their own battles. And, uh, you know, if, if they can do that in a few areas, that's that's where they'll take um, confidence from. And I think that's probably, that's what they can take from it. And that's, that'll be, hopefully they'll get, they'll win certain battles and that'll be what the, the positives they can take out of it. 
I asked you what Tipperary will take. What will Cork take out of their own performance as well? Like uh, along with what we've discussed already, um, like it could be just first day out, getting settled down. Maybe if he was trying to focus on the defensive part, it's hard to tell. You know, maybe he just didn't get in their flowing or Scally's back as well. What can Cork take out of that? Or is it just one of those games got the, they got the job done? Let's move on. Yeah, I, I think for for Ify as well, I think a wee bit like Mick, I think he hasn't just a settled team yet. Like, and you know, I, I spoke before, I think Emer Scally's a fabulous footballer. And I think, you know, in the, the league final in Crow Park, she she was substituted on for Sheep for, um, for not Sheep Roche, for Saib O'Leary. And like Saib O'Leary and Emer Scally, if you have like players and, and Orla Finn in a full forward line, I think, you know, it, it, it would be tough job for anyone to, to mark those three. And I just think he hasn't a settled team at the moment and he, he's chopping and changing a wee bit. And if he could get a Cork team with all the, the, the players, the top players playing at the one time, it'd be better for them. Maybe his hands are tied with injuries and different things, but that's you'd like to see that Cork team in, in that situation. He did stick with his half-back line uh, the last day too. Eric O'Shea and Melissa Duggan were given a bit more licence as well. Ashley Hutchins between them too. Is it important to stay loyal to that tree now and build the unit there because they will be the foundation for any potential Cork success later in the year? Definitely so. And, you know, that, that half-back line have been so, so brilliant for, for Cork all year. And, you know, I mean, Eric O'Shea and Melissa, you know, Melissa was involved in the in the, in the goal to uh, Brito Sullivan, she was the final pass, and I mean, she she always seems to pop up in those positions. And I suppose they went all out attack. They they didn't um, maybe get too caught up in, in picking up the mid mid you know mid mid nearly put the mid half forwards on the on the back foot and made them follow them. And you know, Eric O'Shea got up again up the field again. So yeah, that that is a team. That's the foundation of where he wants to build. Suppose he just needs to get a settled, a more settled team. And you know, maybe I maybe more so in the forward line. I'm talking because I think that's that's where the chopping and changing is happening a lot. Well, Cork will be fancy to get the job done, their Neves prediction as well, and that'll give them top spot in the group as well, a week off before a quarter final, likely against Waterford. You know, it's like we'll see how the results pan out over the weekend as well, but Cork will be exactly where they want to be. They'll be happy. Um, you know, I suppose that that's where you look at it too. You know, I, I suppose Cork will be it'll be job done, but I, I feel they would have been very relieved after last week because I I by anyone's account they would have there would have been pressure on them and I suppose if if, if you look back at that Mead final he would, or the, the league final with Mead he would have said she's Mead they're a good side so he definitely would have been you know a bit apprehensive going into that match but I'm sure he's um, they definitely were much happier and, and content with the job done last week and going into um temporary game this week we're looking forward to it all. I'll quickly just go through the senior championship games all on Saturday at two o'clock in Ballinamore. It's Monaghan against Mayo. Uh, Sean Tracy Park in Tipperary Town is where that Tipperary Cork game will take place. Dublin and Waterford is in Bolton Glass. And then at four o'clock, Markovich Park, Donegal against Galway. And half five, the live game in TG Car. And we'll review it next week. Arma against Cavan. Before we go, Neve, we want you player of the week. Let's do manager of the week. A good result for the Monaghan under 16s on Friday night. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, good job done. Um, yeah, good win. Great, great to win it and a good performance from the girls. Um, with room for improvement, and that's always good. <laughs> so, great. so we play we play Calvin on this Friday night. Uh, so that's against that's a big one against the neighbor, the neighbours. So Monin and Calvin will be keeping an eye Friday night. Before I let you go, are you anywhere yourself this weekend? Or do you know yet? Yes, I'm in Mullerhorn for Westmead and Sligo. So I go win that Westmead will never let you back. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm, I must be the bad luck charm. 
for them. Um, yeah, so that's that's Sligo Westmead in Mullerhorn on Sunday, I think. Yeah, Sunday. So that's where I am. Keep an eye, a must-win game for both teams as well. It'll feel like a cup match. I'm actually in camogie duty all weekend, so I won't be out and about with football, but we'll make sure we check up in a few of the games. We'll watch the live match between our man and Cavan and talk all about it again next week. Next week, we'll have confirmed some quarterfinalists. We kind of know a few of them already, and we'll have some do-or-die matches to finish off the group stages of the Senior Championship, as well as, no doubt, more shocks and spoils in the Intermediate and Junior Championship. This was Sports Stars Football. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Darren Kelly. And one last time, thank you to Dave Kendall. Thanks, Darren. Thank you.